to Galatians chapter 5 real quick. In verse 22, I started last week about this, the fruits of the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you something today. If these things are not in our lives, something is wrong. Amen. If these, these things are not operating in our faith. We talked about love last week. And I think the misdefinition of love that's been preached in the church is all wrong. I don't think love is a feeling as much as it is a devotion. And I talked about that. I'm going to kind of brief on it because I, maybe you forgot. We have a few people less than last week. But you're here, and I want you to remind you, okay? You are here, and love is not, a, not a, as much a feeling as it is a devotion, a commitment. I love my wife, therefore I'm devoted to her, right? Love causes you to do something. Love is not just saying, I love you. You hear that all over. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And you hear that all over the church. I've been hearing that all, since I've been a Christian. But I've seen very little of it. <laughs> Devotion of it. I thank God there's a few people that I've, I've noticed that have, that have de- that committed themselves to devoting themselves to loving God. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't stop and with just, I love you. They would prove it, Right? It would do something about it. And there's times I needed in my life. I went through some rough times, especially as a young Christian having to deal with things. And if I wouldn't have had somebody say, Brother Lenny, I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm praying for you. And they really met it. It, it brought me through. It brought me through the th- times of trouble where love was powerful. Love did something. Love wasn't just a word, you know. A lot of people use words like love. They'll use words like grace, which is all good stuff. But do we really know what it means? But today, I want to talk about one that's missing probably in a lot of our lives. And I talked to Janice this, this morning. The word joy. Is joy something you get when you got a pocket full of money, your bank account's high, and you're driving the best cars and living in the biggest houses? Are you, or, or, or everything's going good, everybody's happy? Is that what joy is about? <laughs> Listen, remember, we started with love. <laughs> we started that love was a devotion to someone or somebody or something. A commitment that has to be operating in our lives. Love is a, is a powerful word because a lot, we've watered it down in the body of Christ. We made it sound like, oh, God loves you. You ever heard you hear that a lot? Oh, God loves you. Oh, really? He does. Well, how does he love me? Well, he just loves you. Know how he loved you? He died on the cross for your miserable life and my miserable life. He gave his life. He committed his life to you. He shed his blood, Alvin, for you. He gave everything he had for you. Well, I just thought he loved me. (laughs) Well, you better look up that word. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Though we feel love. I was thinking about the other day when evolution comes out and says, we came from a blob of nothing in the sea. I like to ask him, where where emotions came from? What, how did emotions evolve into evolution? How did love, you know, even hate? Where did we get that from? Well, that comes, that comes from the Lord, the love part. And I'm sorry to say, even the hate part. Because <laughs> if you don't hate what God hates, <laughs> let me tell you something. You ain't right. If you don't hate the things God hates... Well, first, if we don't hate the things God hates in our lives, we got a problem. We better do something about it. But anyway, I'm just getting off. I'm not getting off. (laughs) But remember, I'm not talking about feelings today. Because the old feelings come. Love comes. You feel it. Joy, you feel joy. I was reading through Exodus, or going through Exodus the last couple of days. There's an incident that happened to Moses when he... After the incidents of the, the, the golden calf and all that stuff, Moses went up into the mountain to meet the Lord again. And the Lord said, I'm going to write these tablets for you. The ones you broke, I'm going to replace them. 
But Moses had an experience with God. He wanted to know God. He wanted to, he wanted to see God face to face. He wanted to be in, my Lord, in the presence of God. So he, and he started praying. He said, Lord, show me what to do. Show me how I got to live my life. Show, show me how to lead these people. Oh, <laughs> see, we're we, we too busy praying the little mamby-pamby prayers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord, bless us full no more. Never seeking that desire to know God. You know what I'm saying? To get close to him. So the Lord is speaking to Moses, you can't look in my face and live. And I've thought about that over and over. Do we, do who, do we really know this thing we call God? <laughs> who he is? Now, I've talked about it many times, but... The glory that he possessed, the power he possessed, the magnificence of his being. He said, Moses, you can't look in my face and live. But I'm going to pass. You can get on them rocks and I'm, I'm going to put my hand over your face and you can only see my back part. And he desired to be in God's presence. Let me read this for you. In verse 22, well, let's start verse, yeah. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control of such is no law. And I, I, I didn't realize I got a few of them I'm going to correct in my own life. Self-control, patience. You ever pray like that? Lord, I need patience and I need it right now. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> We're living in a time where the church don't even know what the presence of God is. And knowing the joy of the Lord. Letting things of this world interact with our lives and it's stealing away what we should be experiencing in the Lord. Joy brings laughter. Joy brings encouragement. Joy brings songs. It brings praise. It brings worship. Listen to me. When, we, when the devil has robbed that, he's robbed all of that. When he's robbed joy. Listen, I worship when I, sometimes when I don't feel like it, but I, the presence of the Lord comes. You get what I'm saying? Because the joy of the Lord comes. Y'all were singing a while ago, and I was feeling the presence of the Lord. Praise God. You know, it was just me and God. It wasn't me and y'all here. It was me and God. Because I was worshiping the Lord. And it brought encouragement and strength to my spirit. That way I can find the only place I'm going to find joy is in the presence of the Lord. The only place I'm going to find true joy to overcome and to walk a faithful walk before the Lord is in his presence. Where is his presence? How can we find that presence? What's, what's wrong with us? Why do we feel depressed most of the time? Why do we feel discouraged most of the time? Why do we feel defeated most of the time? Because we're not learning how to get in his presence. Let me show you that scripture before. I, you can turn with me. To, uh, I have it written down. Let me see what my, uh, let's see. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Turn there with me real quick. I'm learning something. <laughs> I'm learning that God wants to fellowship with us. Wouldn't you like to just sit for hours just in the presence of the Lord? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Honestly. What's, why not? Why not? Why can't we enjoy God's presence in our lives? What's hindering is, listen, the key thing for us is to be in God's presence, right? The key thing is us to hear the voice of the Lord. Those things are needed if we're going to succeed as a believer. Many people tell you today, well, if you give this amount of money, you'll, you'll, God will bless you. If you do such and such and such and such, God will bless you. Listen, all I want to know, tell me how to get in the presence of God. When I'm in his presence... I'm learning, I'm receiving, I'm growing. Even now, some 30-something years, I'm still learning. I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, I have so much to learn, it's unreal. 
But a lot of time, I'm missing out on the most important thing is that in getting God's presence, I'm not gonna, the devil has been robbing me of joy. He's been robbing me. Listen, I, I got a business. Listen, that thing keeps, stays on my head all the time. Not no more. I want to have victory over that. Listen, you can have things and not let it control your life. You hear what I'm saying? You can possess things and not let it control your life. What is more important, the joy of the Lord or your pocketbook? Or your job? Or your husband? Or your wife? Or your children? My God, I'm preaching. Y'all better say amen or ouch or something. What's more important in your life? What controls your thoughts? What makes you, what do you spend most of your time focusing on? Now, I'm not saying you, could, you, gotta think, you think about the Lord every second of the day. But that attitude of prayer, that attitude of worship, that attitude of, of joy from the Lord, it's got to be there. Let me tell you something. I don't want ever the Lord to remove my candlestick. You hear what I'm saying? I could be going to church. I could be doing all the right thing and not love God. Come on, somebody. My heart is so far from the Lord. I'm just doing it. Just maybe I'm skim my way into heaven. Oh, man, you're missing so much. You're not going to get to heaven without faith. You're not going to get to heaven without joy. You're not going to get to heaven without being in the presence of the Lord. You can forget it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen if you're not in the right place with God. I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about your walk with God. Come on, Holy Ghost. Talking about where the joy is. When you think about the Lord, does it do, does it do you gladness to know that you're not going to hell? That one day you're going to be with the Lord in heaven? One day you're going to be spending eternal life with Jesus? Does it not generate some joy in your life? To know that he's given his life for your sins at Calvary. To know that he's paid the ultimate price. That you don't have to live defeated. He has promised you victory already. Through the joy of the Lord, I receive my strength. Come on, I know he's coming back. Because he's promised it. And he's not a liar. Hallelujah. He said if I would give my heart to Jesus, if I'd surrender every, my heart to Christ, I could spend eternity with him. Never to see sickness again. Never to see death again. Never to see discouragement again. And one day I'm going to step into the glory of the Lord, praise God, in a place called heaven. And I'm never going to ever have to worry about those things ever. The joy of the Lord. i got to remind myself of Often, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. I got to rejoice, the joy, rejoice in what he's done for me. Rejoice in what he's going to do for me. Rejoice in how he loves me. Rejoice. This, this has to be part of our lives as Christian. My God. Man, I feel like preaching. <laughs> it says here in verse 19. Let me turn my page. Hallelujah. God is good. My God. I'm in 2 Thessalonians. I'm sorry. Just 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 19. Amen. For what is our hope? <laughs> Come on, somebody. What is your hope? What are you hoping for? What? What? Yeah, you're right. But what? I mean, listen. Born, being born again was the start. But if you would have came to Jesus and said, just, you know, I'm going to receive Jesus. That's all I'm going to get. What, what was that? What is the word? Nothing. If it's not in hope of what you're going to receive. See, Christ promised you eternal life. Christ, Christ promised you he'd be with you, never leave you or forsake you. He promised you all the hope that you ever was looking for, what man couldn't give you. He's given it to you. If we have that hope, it says... For what is our hope? That's a question. That's all it is. For what is your hope? Or your joy? <laughs> or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even? Come on, y'all. You in the presence of the Lord? <laughs> Come on. That ought to make somebody shout. My hope, my joy is to be in the presence of the Lord in the coming of Christ. When he comes back to take his church away, I'm going to rejoice that day. I'm going to sing. I'm, listen, I'm not going to wait till then. I'm going to do it now. Because now we have that hope. Now we have that promise. 
Now we have the, the, the right to rejoice because what the world is going to hell in a handbasket, you're not going. Come on, you're not going. I said, you're not going. If you're born again today, you have hope of eternal life. Oh, my God. I don't know about you. Listen, I'm looking for that day. There's coming a day I'm going to be leaving. I'm going to leave this old world behind. Come on. Somebody better say amen or something. God has given us that hope that we're going to rejoice one day with him in glory. If that doesn't do something for you, if that doesn't want to make you go forward for the Lord, you need Jesus. You need to experience the, uh, uh, a born-again experience. If you don't have that hope, well, I'm just trying to make it through. Well, you're not going to make it. Come on, somebody. I'm not trying to make it through. I'm going to make it through. See, I'm not hoping, you know, you hope you can use hope in two different terms. I'm hoping for that day. It means I'm expecting it. Other ones say, well, I'm just hoping it happens. <laughs> That's unbelief. I'm hoping for that day. I'm knowing, I'm waiting for those clouds to pardon and the Lord coming back. I'm waiting for that day when my redemption is going to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. It's sealed right now, but it's sealed to the day. When he comes back, he's going to take me out of this place. See, I don't want to look for Biden or Trump or any politician. They make, they're not going to make it happen. It's going to be Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love not the world, the Bible says. Neither are things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All is in the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father. But he that doeth the will of God, he that doeth the will of God, he that doeth the will of God, abideth forever. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. What is the will of God? To surrender your life to him, to live for him, to serve him with your, with, with your faith. Come to Jesus and get that hope. Come to Jesus and get that joy. Listen, one day them trumpets are going to sound and you're going to say, man, I'm so glad I, I received Jesus. as my, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be one of those that's going to be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall I ever be with the Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. A hope, a joy. Yes, Listen, today the world is dying. But thank God it's not my world. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about the planet. <laughs> I'm talking about the world, the system. The world that denies God. That's blast Every time I turn that television, I can see them people blaspheme in the name of God. God is going to die one day and spend eternity in hell if they don't turn their hearts from the Lord. All that perversion and that wickedness you see today. Uh, every time you put the television, stay away from the stupid stuff if it's going to destroy your joy and your faith. Listen, I've got problems. I get angry when I see the world defy God. I get angry when I see people rebel. You know, you know why? Because it, 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 God is angry. If, if sin don't make us angry, if preachers that look like Hollywood movie stars with their teeth sticking out white like a picket fence don't make you angry. And not lying to people. Telling people things that are not gospel. And you know what? They love to have it so. If I can go to heaven and live my life like I want... Hey, no, the preacher ain't going to tell me I'm sinning. The preacher ain't going to tell me I need to pray more. Just to make me feel like a happy person. I'm going to share something with you. This is not a happy gospel. It's not a fun gospel. <laughs> it, listen, Brother Mike just said he's right. You go, that a certain preacher? He says, well, if you don't want, like what you read in my but just cut it out. Cut every, well, I don't like this, and I don't like this, and I don't like that. And after a while, what are you going to have just a cover? What you going to do with the, the front of it? Holy Bible. <laughs> Come on. That's what yours says? Yeah. What about that word? You've been cutting it out to try to get an unholy life to get to heaven. You're not going to happen. Without holiness, no man shall see God. Without joy... Listen, you can, you can get mad at me all you want. If that, you can't find uh, a worship in, in your spirit, if you can't find a, a, a time to rejoice in the Lord and thank God for all that he's done, if there's no worship in you, you need Jesus. Listen, you, uh, <laughs> if there's no worship in you, you need the Lord. If you can't find it in your heart to praise him, you can't find it in your heart 
Listen, I can't go and make you praise God. You got to want to do it. You got to have it in you. Come on, somebody. I'm going to read you a few scriptures, and you don't have to turn there. Well, I got to finish reading that one. I'll close my Bible. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, didn't, I haven't learned word, word, perfect yet, so I, got still, I want to read it. <laughs> God is good. And he says this, for what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? It's not even in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. So my joy is in Jesus' coming, right? My joy is in what Jesus is going to do. His return. Listen, if I didn't have faith in him coming back, I'd just quit church. Come on, somebody. If I didn't have joy in, in his return and coming to get the church, if I didn't have that hope, what good is it to serve the Lord? Listen, like I said, there's a lot of people going to church today. People sitting in church today, Brother Allen. That are about as far from God as far can be. Because to them, it's part of their culture. You hear that word a lot, culture. We got the white culture and the black culture and Hispanic culture. Everybody got a culture. You notice that? But what about the culture of the Lord? I'm talking about what about all people? Black, white, Hispanic, anybody. Coming together as one people and waiting for the promise of Christ. You don't see that. We have a black church, a white church, a Spanish church. Everybody got a church. And, it's, and, and the church is so divided. It's unreal. It's so, it's, you know why? They're fighting one another. Listen, you don't have to say, listen, I have, people ask me, say, you think you got the only way? Yes. Jesus is the only way. <laughs> well, my church believes. I don't give a heck what your church believes. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the way to God. No man goes to the Father but through him. Y'all just so narrow-minded. Y'all don't give no leeway. No, there's no leeway. I am a one-way. <laughs> I am believing Jesus is the only way. I don't care what grandma and grandpa believed. I don't care what mom and daddy believed. Jesus is the only way. And my worship, my joy has to be set and affected upon him. In his presence, there's a multitude of joy. In his presence, we sing. In his presence, we rejoice because of what God has done for us. Now, I talked about love last week. Now, these are, these are the things you have to be to be walking in the spirit. If you, there's no love in your life and there's no joy in your life, you just scratch yourself out. Now, I, I'm, listen, I'm going to be honest. I go through dry spells. Sometimes I feel like God's a million miles off. Sometimes I don't even feel anything. But I can't go on what I feel. Right? I got to go on what God told me to do. Thank God when we feel it. Thank God when the feelings come. Thank God when we have all of it. But you know what? If God is not present in your life, there won't be the joy of his expectation. There won't be the joy of his love. There won't be the joy of his patience. There won't be the joy of long. This stuff is not going to happen unless your heart is right. Luke. You don't have to turn there. Chapter 2, verse 10. And, and, and the Lord says about when Jesus was born, the shepherds, there's good tidings. Bring good tidings for today in in. Christ the Lord, is, he brought good tidings and great joy to the people when they knew that Jesus Christ was born. Great joy. Good tidings. Listen, I live on that one thing. That Jesus Christ died and rose and is coming back. That is my joy. I thought about a lot of people... Uh, and I'm talking about people in general that live on fake joy. What I mean by that, they have everything they need. And he said, as long as I got what I need, I'm happy. That ain't true. 
I look at a lot of stuff and I study a lot. I watch people, they're movie stars especially. They, they don't want supposed to have all the money. They have the finest cars, but they, have, they, live, in, they live in mansions. But they're killing themselves. Committing suicide. Looking, going, some of them married ten times. Come on. They're looking for that next fix, drug fix. But they're famous. They have, they have everything they need. Why, why are they unhappy? <laughs> Come on. Why are they, why are they not? Listen, I st- listen, they had a lot of them. I mean, some of the biggest stars in Hollywood committed suicide. Ro- Robin Williams was the latest one. Old funny Robin Williams. And Mark from Mindy. You remember them? Oh, he'd make people laugh, but he wasn't laughing inside. Come on, somebody. He, would, he was so funny, people would laugh and laugh, but inside he wasn't laughing. You bet? He took his own life. And it happens so often because people are trying to buy themselves happiness. They're trying to buy themselves joy that can only come from the Lord. Fake joy don't work. Fake love don't work. Fake grace don't work. If it ain't according to what Jesus taught us in the Word of God, it don't work. Why are we so looking for things that, that's going to dis- destroy our faith? A lot of people know that today is, you know, is the football game starting today. Everybody's, I bet that's people that are in church because they, they're making barbecues at their house and they're going to have watch the Saints play football today or whatever team they watch. Let me tell you something, praise God. That is what I'm talking about. Where are your affections? That stuff was hindering me for the longest time. I was one of the biggest football fans they had. I couldn't sleep if they were, Saints would lose a game. I had another God. Come on, somebody. You might get mad at me. And the people listening to me on the Internet might get mad at me. Anything that takes away from what matters in my life, I'd have died being a Saints fan, I'd have went to hell. Now, I'm not knocking people on They want to watch it. That's their business, you know. But I'm saying for me, it, it, it was possessing me. It, it, was, it, was, it was holding on to me stronger than I wanted it to. When's the last time I watched one? I had to make a decision. Brother Allen, that if this was going to hinder my walk with God, I was going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it. And I did, thank God. But I don't want to be falling back into that same trap over with something else. It could be a lot of things. Anything that stops you from coming to this building is a God. And I know I'm talking, just don't get mad at me. I'm not talking about if you're sick or things like that. I'm talking about activity like a football game or a baseball game or, or whatever, anything. Things like that could stop the worship before the Lord. I would be so destroyed if I'd ever get to heaven and said, you have a, you, you, you've committed idolatry, you can't come in. I never put no images in my house. No, but you made an image in your heart. You worship something other than the Lord Jesus. That joy was never there. Listen, I was, when the saints won the Super Bowl, I was the happiest boy on the hill, man. My God had prevailed. It was a sin for me, all right? Listen, it was a sin for me. Was I excited? About that way coming to church? I'm going to meet Jesus today. We're going to talk about the Lord. We're going to worship. We're going to fellowship. Does that ever excite you? Does it make you want to jump? Does it make you want to shout? Hey, we're going to church today. I mean, we'll sit three hours in front of a dead thing that don't matter to nothing. That just robs people of their salvation. Instead of going to church. The joy of the Lord. Coming to church, excited about church, there's joy there, right? That has to be there. We got a lot of empty chairs today. Why? Now, I know people are sick. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen to me. I'm talking about can be here, don't, not here, right? There are some people that want to be here that's sick, they can't be here. Like Sister Juanita. I mean, she's, I, I try to keep in touch with her. She, she's been afflicted. That's why she hasn't been here. 
Statles on her back. <laughs> she got hurt. Uh, but Alan's trying to get out of his... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get in your business, brother. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. <clears throat> anyway, but those that can be here, they allow people. They allow families. They allow problems. When they should be here to receive of the Lord, they, they're ignoring the very thing that could heal them. Excited about coming to church. Excited. Joy fills your heart. Listen, there's a lot of time my flesh don't want to get up. I'm lying to you. But something inside of me says, that's where I need to be. You know, when I come and I don't want, it's usually when I receive. Come on, Holy Ghost. Because there's some day God wants to tell me something. What I'm doing, I'm sitting in front of some doom tube or hell of vision. And, and, I, and, and come on, somebody. <laughs> when I should be listening to the preacher and worshiping God, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Listen, I sat here a lot, and, but I've been here the longest, but there's times in this place I've gotten some things from God. I'll tell you what, I regret. I mean, I, I'd have been regretting it if I wouldn't have come. Because the things I heard, like I said, in this, this church changed my life. It did. It showed me who Jesus was. Showed me how to, to love people. Showed me how to, to go to church with people, fellowship with people. And receive from people, right? And learn something. Which I'd have never be up here if it wasn't for that. What if I stayed home? What if I said like a lot of people, oh, I'll, 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 go, I'll, I'll worship God in my house. <laughs> you ever heard that? Uh, me and God like this. Well, you know, I don't need to go to church to be saved. No, but you need to come to church to stay safe. Because you ain't, you, you, if you don't ever come to eat, you know what you're going to do? You're going to die, dry up. And all, all of a sudden, you're not hearing the gospel. What's going to come in? Doubt, unbelief. Come on. You're not getting an answer from God because you don't know what it says. Right? You haven't learned what, it, what the word of God means. So you're at your house. And believe me, I'm going to tell you what, I can go probably 90% of the time and go meet these people. They're in front of the television. Watching something they shouldn't be watching. And I hate to be mean about it, but I, I, it's the truth. Why when you want to come to church? Well, they got a bunch of hypocrites. I'd rather go to church with them and go to hell with them. Thank God we got a good church. You know, I'm not the best preacher in the world. I was talking about Brother Michael. I can't even compare to him. That was a Bible preacher, boy, a Bible teacher, whatever you want to call it. You know what? I can't hold a light to him. But I'm sure going to try. <laughs> and the reason why is because the Word of God has brought answers in my life. I got joy because of God's Word. If, if, listen, what takes my joy away is the world. When I'm focused on everything else but God, I feel miserable. I feel anxiety comes in. It seems like, you know, look, if you're looking for politics for your answer, turn it off. If you're looking for a certain preacher for your answer, turn it off. If you're looking for something other than the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he promised, why can't we stay focused on that? Because so distracted with everything else. Come on, somebody. You can close your Bible. I'm just kind of paraphrase for you. John 15, 11. If you want to write it down. I read it. Oh, I quoted it. That you might have joy. That your joy might be full. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to turn it. Just turn to John 15. I'm going to let you turn it. I want to read the whole verse. Because that one ministered to me this morning. John chapter 15, verse 11. I want to be full for the Lord. All right? I want, to be, I want to be full of the joy of the Lord. Right? And I want to know His presence is in my life. God is looking to us. To draw close to him. 
These things have I spoken to you. This is Jesus speaking. That my joy may remain in you. Right? What have he spoken? He just talked about, he just, I am the vine, you're the branches. You know, uh, uh, the branch can't exist without the vine. You know, you ain't going to produce fruit. Those that don't produce fruit, he come and he cut them off. And he made it very clear, you can't live in Christ outside of the vine, outside of the branch. Jesus is the vine, right? We're the branches. The vine here represents, and if you look at it, it's not exactly a tree as much as it is like a, like a, a grapes or, or stuff like that. The vine produces, produces life to the, to the, I mean the tree, the vine produces life to the, to the fruit, right? To the branch. Without life, that branch dies. One of the things that Jesus said here is that, in verse 11, I'll read again. These things I've spoken. But let me read verse, uh, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You can't abide in Jesus if you don't keep his commandments. You can say you love God to you. Your tongue falls off. But if you're not going to keep his commandments, you don't know him. You're not, you're not, you're not connected. We're to love God and love our neighbor. Most of the people don't realize the very two commandments. Jesus said all the Ten Commandments, on those two commandments hang all the commandments. Because to love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, you're not going to make an idol. You're going to remember a day of rest. And we use the Sabbath as our, Jesus as our rest. You're going to remember not to take his name in vain. You know what I'm saying? Then you go to the last five commandments. It says, honor your father and your mother. Don't covet your husband's wife and land. Don't your brother's wife and land. Don't, you know what I'm saying? All these deal with the last five commandments deal with your relationship to man. But if you love God and love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to commit those crimes. Or those sins. Not should anyhow. And he says these things that his commandments remain. That we're to love God and love our neighbor. So, and he goes here in verse 11. He says, these things have I spoken to you. That you may have, that your joy may remain in you. And the last verse I like, that's where he says, and that your joy may be what? Full. How does getting joy full, how do you get joy full in your life? Well, if I have a lot of money. No. I just explained to you, there's people got dollars on top of the heels, man, and they're dying every day. Dying young. Dying committing suicide. They can't find peace in their life. You understand what I'm saying? They can't, they go and they spend all kind of money. They drive the finest cars, live in the biggest houses, could buy anything they want at any time they want, drive the biggest yachts, have all kind of people around them. Because you got a lot of money, you got a lot of friends, you know what I'm saying? And they, they, they have big parties, brother. They drink the finest wine. They, they eat the finest food. But they commit suicide. Is their joy full, Ray? Is that, is that what joy is about, y'all? Possessions? No. My Lord, is it about possessions? No. There's only one possession it's about. It's Jesus. And the joy of his soon coming in return. Amen. If I live 120 years old, I'm still going to be waiting. Because one day, I'm going to meet him. Whether I die or he comes first. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I remember I was working for the state one day, and two old men was talking. One said, you know, if you die, and one said, you know if, buddy, you're going to die. <laughs> I thought it was so funny, but it's true. Other than the rapture, you're going to die. I'm not going to want to die and live in a legacy of selfishness and self-joy. I don't want to leave living a legacy of how I serve me the best. 
or what I did for me the best. You ever heard that old saying, only thing I'm worthy, me, myself, and I. That is an ungodly statement and has no place in the Word of God. If that was the case, you'd be lost today. If Jesus would have had that mentality, this church wouldn't even exist. It wouldn't be no use to even have church. If Jesus believed me, myself, and I. It ain't me, myself, and I. It's me and Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen, I like to drag as much people with me as I can to heaven. Teaching them the gospel. Sharing Jesus. Showing them how to get to God. But I could about imagine, I heard a story the other day about a preacher. He, well, he said he had died. So, and he saw a man in, my oh God, help me, Jesus. A man in hell going around. He had some little fiery pits in circles. And there was, there was people in him. There were people in him. And he was going around looking, pulling, trying to find that preacher that lied to him. Because the reason why he was, he sat under a lie and preached. That preached money comment. God wants you to be rich. Now, that one preacher on TV, my wife would tell you, I could have, listen, I would have came down, I went and rebuked him to his face. He said, don't tell me you got peace. If you don't got no money, you don't got no peace. Don't tell me you got the peace in Jesus. Actually, I said, man, that man ain't even saved, brother. And they were Coming, one, they were coming, and, and, and they were throwing checks at the altar, money all over his, and he was, ah, money coming, money coming, running all over it. He's going to be running over something one day if he doesn't repent, and it ain't going to be money. He's going to be looking, not the, his, his body burning in hell, that's what he's going to be jumping about. That's what we got as, as people today, teaching another gospel. Running on that, money coming, money coming. God help him. And that's how he considered he had peace. Sure, you can have peace when you got money thrown at your feet. How many people couldn't pay their light bill that day that threw it on that, on that altar? Or couldn't, pay, couldn't, couldn't go to the doctor today, you know, the little bit of money they had to buy medicine, they threw it at his feet. Or couldn't even eat. That probably was some money for, his, for somebody's child who couldn't eat. You wonder why I get mad? And, that's, and, and, and this is the same guy said, if you don't got no money, Brother Allen, you don't got no peace. Well, I must be out of trouble. <laughs> Listen, I don't find joy. Listen, I like when we and Janice have a good, you know, money's coming into the business and stuff. But if I got to look for that for joy, because I got it and it's gone. <laughs> you know, seriously, like a hole in the bucket. <laughs> you know, it always comes, though. <laughs> But God, listen, when I first started my business, I'm going to tell you a testimony. We had money, me and my wife. Seriously. It was, it was just, it was, it was easy. It was just, we doing a lot of work, doing a lot of work, a lot of work. And then all we had to pay was a little truck note, a little insurance. And I was rolling, man. I was, I was gone. And it got to the point where I started feeling, well, I'm all right now. And God said, I'll show you. <laughs> The money started going. Yeah. And I'm not lying to you. I'm ashamed of myself, brother. It started going. And it took a while before it came back. We still don't got a lot. But God's going to show you. I'm going to show you who you're trusting in. Well, I got to let the see in church. I, oh, God, I'm doing pretty good. I have money. We can go buy all we want. We can live in good. And, and I didn't stop coming to church. I didn't stop paying tithes, but my heart wasn't right. Right? Yeah. My heart wasn't right because I was comfortable, comfortable in what I had, and God took it. He took it. Thank God he, he showed me something. Never put your trust in money. Put your peace in someone else. I told Janice that other day, we, we have, we, sometimes we, our business takes thousands of dollars to operate. And it, we get to the end of the money, it's down to the last few dollars. And the Lord reminds me just about every month. He says, son, I'm going to take care of it. And when that confidence and that faith comes, it's always there. 
Never misses, brother. I've never missed yet. Almost 11, 12 years. He's always made a way. Always. I think testimonies are good because I had an incident where we needed $1,700 something. Remember what I did? I'll never forget that. Didn't know where it was coming from. <laughs> Open my mailbox. Guess what? $1,700 and some dollars. I'm not lying to you, but almost to the point. Some money that when I had my kidney surgery, kidney surgery I'd put it and, and it added up. Hey, you want to get a, you want to be happy? Get a seventeen hundred dollar check, <laughs> and not know where it's coming from. It's just what we needed, and it was there always. It was always there. But along the way, he's teaching me and Janice, we're gonna have to learn. Right now, he's a right now God. Right now, he's gonna, he's never late, but he's always on time. He might not come when we want him to come, but he's always on time. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. And that, knowing that he's done that for me, brother, produces joy. Because it didn't come from man. It came from God. You get what I'm saying? Questions that we ask. God, why do you allow certain things to happen? Why do you permit? Listen, he has everything timed. He has everything put in place. See, your life is not like the life of Joe Blow down the street. You're called by God. You're a child of God, and everything is orchestrated by God's will. You understand that? Why, why is everybody else doing good, and I'm struggling? Because it's orchestrated by God's will. He's, he's working faith in you. He's working joy in you. I know I've been in that boat. I, I, there's times I can't understand why. And my wife will tell you that. We, we, we've had the questions many a time. Why God? But when he shows up, guess what it does? It produces joy. Joy in the Lord. And we, and we, we had peace, we had confidence. And you know, we don't have to question and say, well, somebody else done that. God done that. Right? And, the, and we get in his presence, we just sit there, and, and there's not too many times we don't grab each other by the hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for providing for us. Amen. God is a good God. And James says it like this in chapter 4, verse 2. He says, count it all in chapter 1, I'm sorry. Chapter, chapter 1, verse 2. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. You mean I got to rejoice when I'm tempted? For the trying of your faith. <laughs> See, when, you, when, you, when you're dealing with that, your faith is being tried. When you've been tempted and you're overcome, what does it do? Listen, I, it brings joy in you. You want to worship. God, thank you. I've overcame this. I've, I've, I've had victory over this. I've had a victory over temptation. Say no to sin and see how good you feel. Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen, listen. I, I've been there. I know. Say no to sin. Say no when you know something is sin and you don't do it because of your love for God. I feel great. I feel like I could preach to the world when that happens. When I resist the devil, submit myself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he flees. See, temptation is not a sin. Yielding to the temptation is a sin. I remember one time I was having a dream, man. I was just dreaming about something. And in my dream, it don't have to be a dream. It happens almost every day. <laughs> Tempted to sin. But that, that, that sin was a horrible sin. But it seemed so pleasurable. You get what I'm saying? And in my dream, I said, oh, big God. And in my dream, but I could feel the peace of God. I would not give in to that temptation. And it brought joy. It brought joy in my life. And it happens so often. We deal with things we know is sin, but we yield to it. And we wonder why we're depressed. We wonder why we feel low. We wonder why we feel like we're not overcoming. We wonder why we feel like... Where is God? In the presence of God, there's joy. 
In the presence of the Lord is joy. The only way you're going to live a joyful life in the Lord if you resist temptation and walk, a, walk in the Lord. I'm almost finished. You don't have to turn. I'm just going to read you all my little verses. I got. And I said earlier, we're looking like, well, if I have my house full of food and I'm driving the best and everything is in, I'll be happy. The Bible says, don't rejoice in food and raiment and things you possess. But this is the thing you rejoice. Rejoice in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost, Romans chapter 14, verse 17. What do we rejoice in? Peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what God wants us to do. In chapter 16, verse 11, the psalm says, Restore unto me the joy of my son. Psalm 51, verse 12. I'm, I'm reading ahead. <laughs> psalm 51, verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Or thy salvation. Listen, when's the last time you rejoiced for being saved? When's the last time you rejoiced and praised God for your salvation? Oh, that was something I experienced 20 years ago, 40 years ago. No. There was joy. When I got born again, my life changed. I knew there was something different. <laughs> I knew there was joy. I knew there was something. I knew if I die, I'd go, I was going to heaven. And there was a peace about that. There was a joy about that, knowing that I made things right. Right? Now Psalm 16, verse 11. In your presence is the fullness of joy. <laughs> Come on. Where are you going to get it? In whose presence? Not mine. <laughs> he, in the Lord's presence, in Jesus' presence, there's a fullness. How do I get in God's presence? I'm going to tell you how. Just sit there and let Him worship Him. And let your heart rejoice in all that God has done for you. And let joy flow out of you. Be of a thankful heart. Praising God for all His goodness and all that He's done. You do that for a little while. You're going to know what the presence of God is. I'm not saying doing a religious thing. I'm talking about from the heart. I'm talking about really observing and worshiping God from the heart. You're going to know what the presence of God. Listen, I've got in God's presence a few times. Unless it was powerful. And I still get in His presence. But there was times it was more powerful than others. I was scared. <laughs> oh. Listen. I was scared. Because, I, I, you know, being a young Christian, I guess, or even older Christian. Seems like we haven't observed that enough. Oh, this time like presence more. But I'm talking about a, a, when I knew, felt like he was in the room. You get what I'm saying? Wasn't just looking up; he was there. I could feel the presence of God, and you knew like he could almost grab you by the hand or touch you. Oh man! <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> it wakes you up. <laughs> In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And in Psalm 43, verse 4, and turn in, that's going to be it for today. This is part of, we, we talk, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, right? And, and I want to show you something. Listen, you only know your heart, okay? I can't really, I'm not your judge, Right? And I know in God's presence, there's something that happens. I was telling my mama the other day, when I remember that day when your mama was on the phone. And she was talking about my daddy in the hospital. I still remember that today because I, that, that was the first time I heard the voice of God. This really happened. The Lord told me, son, your dad's going to die. That's what he told me. What? And I understood it. I can't explain it. I understood what death was. Like I'm talking, know it now. What, how, what would a six-year-old know about dying? He's the first funeral I ever went to. 
my daddy's funeral. And I can still see him in the casket. My old grandfather, I would have never thought about it much, but now as a Christian, I watched him beat, cry over that, that my daddy. His son died. Never saw the old man cry. But because his son was in that casket, I watched him. It's my boy. It's my son. Like me, Isaac Boogie dying. And I, that old man's heart was so broken. And you know why? Because he loved his son. He maybe didn't tell him that every day. But I'm pretty sure when he saw his son coming down the road or in his car, or he had a jar. I love it when my children come to my house. I want them to come to my house. No matter how kind of they are sometimes. But you know what I'm talking about. No, but that's not the point. The point is what I'm saying is that God was speaking because, you know, why would God say something to a six-year-old? You know, I'm going to tell you something. Honestly, that's something I, I sit down and think about it. I just known him I was six years old. I still miss him. How? You're just six years old. You never had a heart. No, but the point is that because he was my daddy, it's a lot different. You know what I'm saying? And I'm hoping he made it right. One of the biggest things, other than Jesus, when I get to heaven, I want to see him. You know? That's, that's who I want to see. You know? To have him, Yvette, come and hug me and say, son, you're finally here. I, 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 to hear him say, I was looking for this day. Oh, my God. What a joy that would be for me to know that he's in glory. Now, I can't determine that. I can't preach nobody out of heaven or hell. But I want to see it. And, and just how much more <laughs> when I get there to see Jesus. To see the one that died for my sins. To see the one that paid his life on an old cross for me. What kind of joy? That brings me joy, Yvette. To know I'm going to bow at his feet and kiss those pierced feet. To know I'm going to sit there and thank him that he died and saved me from the fires of hell. What a joy that's going to be when my Savior I will see. Come on. I said, what a joy that's going to be. <laughs> nothing else is going to matter. The whole world, nothing else. When I'm going to see Jesus, I'm going to see everything that I gave my life for and service for, even though I didn't serve him perfectly. Thank God for his grace. My God, I don't know about that. That's, that does something for me. I have a hope. <laughs> I have a joy that I'm going to see him. If, I, if that's not what joy is about, all the rest of it you can throw in the garbage. If my joy is about what I got and I like to have things, I like, I like money in the bank, I like all that. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an everlasting joy. A, 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 like that scripture says, a fulfilling joy. Right? God is my exceeding Joy. Jesus is my exceeding joy. Everything about my life has to be around him. And all that matters, everything I'm going to come to be here and even after, when I'm gone, has to be about him. Close your Bibles for a minute. Brother Lenny, I don't know if I've ever come to that place yet. You can. I have to learn this stuff. Listen, the more I go, the more I see, Lord, come out from the world, be separated, say the Lord. Don't let the world, my God, bring you down. 
Don't tie yourself in the affairs of this life, Jesus said. Don't concern yourself. Why would the Lord tell us to do that? Don't concern yourself with the affairs of this life. Because this life is not going to last. Today, somebody died in this world. Come on, somebody. Somebody, every 30 seconds they estimate in the world, somebody's going into eternity. By the time you count to 30, somebody's died and met their eternity, whether in hell or heaven. That could be us, right? Would we go on singing Amazing Grace? Or would we, would we go on cursing God? Blaming God for everything. Standing before his throne and blaming him for why we wasn't successful and why we didn't make it. It's your fault, God. You're the reason why I, I'm in the place I'm going. I'm going to tell you something. And though they will, no man has an argument before the throne of God. You're either saved or you're not saved. You're either in the presence of God or you're not. You're either in the joy of the Lord or you're not. One or the other. Do you still want to walk for God? Do you still want to enjoy? Go for, I, I wouldn't want to quit for nothing. Because I know if I quit right now, Satan is one. All my years of serving the Lord, if I say, God, I don't want this, he's got you. <laughs> but you know what? I think you were saying that before you said it. Because inside your heart, you wanted to do what the world has. Listen, I'm going to say one more thing. What the world has will die. What the world has and offers you will decay. It will vanish away. When you die, nothing in this world will save you. Come on, Holy Ghost. All the money you put up, all the fame you put up, all the glory you put up, all you put your effort in will not save you. Why are you looking at me straight? Only the blood of Jesus. I know people listen to me on the internet right now. Only the blood of Jesus. Nothing can save you. All your effort you put in this world will vanish away. It'll die. It'll, it'll fade, brother. Nothing will, nothing will work. It'll, it'll die. Nothing. When you stand before God, there's only going to be one thing with you. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> Come on. Not how much money you gave to charity. Not how much people you helped. None of that stuff. It's the blood of Jesus. If everything, anything matters when you die, if that blood is not over your doorpost, there's no heaven. I'm going to shock you. You know how many preachers, worship leaders, how many uh, Sunday school teachers, how many religious people are going to stand and hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. How many? A lot. I'm not the judge of who. I just got to worry about where my heart's at today. I'm going to share something with y'all. Today I've, I've took another step in my faith. It's just God's been dealing with me the last couple of weeks about What's your attention on, son? What, what, what are you focused on? What do you spend most of your time on? And he says, you need to get away from that. You need to go forward. You need to walk, walk and knowing that joy, my faith, Jesus is the only thing you need. See, first seek the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Then all these things that you seek shall be out. But you got to first place your affection on the things on earth, not on heaven, not on the earth. One of the scriptures say that rust is going to destroy these things that you seek. Or rust, moth, and everything corrupts will bring it to decay. Listen, you can build the most glorious building. And if the Lord tarries in 100 years, maybe 200, it'll, it'll still be, but after a while, the weeds are going to, Take over it. It's going to go back to the, you know, it's going to fall. And, it's, and it's, there will be no glory there. You understand what I'm saying? 
what wants to shine in the midst of the sun. All men can build. And you see them, big old buildings they built today. You ever saw some stuff? I wonder how that's standing up straight like that. The glory of man, the glory of man, buildings and cities and technology and all of that. Glory of man, entertainment, sports, all to glorify man, right? What's going to happen? Not one. Not one building, not one man, not one organization, is, not one is going to stand. Because when Jesus is going to come back, said his king, all that stuff's gone. And after that thousand years of rain on the earth, he's going to redone there. Everything's going to be destroyed. Everything man made is going to be gone. The only thing going to be standing is Jesus and those that trusted him. Right? That's my joy. <laughs> That's where I place my trust. Amen. Let's stand up, praise God. God is a good God. Amen. Thank God. We had a day like today. Where's your joy today? Lord, I thank you for this service. My God, I thank you for Jesus who died on the cross, who placed himself where I should have been. He put his, my thorns on his head and he was driven to that old cross in my place. He was nailed with my nails. He was beating and stripped naked before the whole world for me. Lord, <laughs> be my exceeding joy. Be my exceeding joy. Be my exceeding joy, Lord. Lord, we praise and glorify and honor you as king of all the universe. For everything that is, is yours. And will remain yours. Man owns nothing, even though he thinks he owns everything. Naked, they've come in this world. And naked, they're going to go out. Thank you, Lord Jesus.